This is Sportsbeat AM, featuring a conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated Notre Dame football beat reporter Tyler Horka. Well, plenty to talk about with Tyler. We did not visit last week since I was on vacation, so we are going to take a moment just to circle back to the Blue Gold game, which was a week and a half ago at the University of Notre Dame. Tyler, of course, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. So I want to get his thoughts on a couple of Blue and Gold scrimmage topics. And, Tyler, let me just begin with what you witnessed a week and a half ago at Notre Dame Stadium from the quarterback position with Tyler Buckner not being able to play in the game due to the ankle injury. We saw a whole lot of Drew Pine mixed in a little Steve Angeli. What was your takeaway from the quarterback position that Saturday? Obviously, Drew Pine didn't have the day that he wanted to have, probably the coaches wanted him to have, and really the fans wanted to see out of him. I think he was set up to fail a little bit in the sense that it's not easy, one, playing entire half of football at quarterback for both teams just from a physical standpoint, and two, having to do that with a bunch of mixed and matched and jumbled rosters he played behind a couple of offensive lines that obviously are not going to look like the offensive line that we're going to see from Notre Dame in the fall. So I think the protection was a little shaky as those guys tried to learn to play next to each other because those aren't the guys that have played next to each other throughout the entirety of the spring. And then he's throwing to some wide receivers that uh, both teams only had a couple of scholarship options i mean uh, i think the, i think it was the goal team that only had Jaden thomas and Braden lindsey and then the third best wide receiver was probably walk on connor radigan and we saw that he got a couple <laughs> of catches especially in the second half there so the rosters did not really allow drew pine to to be drew pine and that showed early on uh in his performance uh, he, he was a little shaky trying to get the ball out and look some of this was drew pine not having a very good day. I mean, it doesn't matter who he's throwing to. Some of those throws are not the type of throws that you'd like to see from a potential starting quarterback. So I think Tyler Buckner probably won the day without even having to step onto the field. I think uh, it kind of showed that he's probably the number one option there. But look, I don't think you throw Drew Pine out of the race because uh, he had a shaky day. By all accounts, he had really, uh, you know, 14 really good practices leading into that day. And those were with, you know, ones and twos where the the depth chart is leaning and, and the guys that are probably going to be, uh, you know, the starters going into that Ohio State game in September. So not the best day for Drew Pine, but also not something that's going to knock him out of the race. And then as far as Steve Angeli goes, I mean, going eight for eight on your last drive, leading a you know, running clock. I, I guess the clock started to stop there at the end once timeouts were called and, and uh, guys went out of bounds and whatnot, penalties and, and whatever. But he went eight for eight. He had the medal to run that last play into the end zone when he had to. That was the last play of the game. Either goal team was going to score or goal team was going to lose right there. And, you know, he chose the former, and, and that was the better alternative. And I think it was a really gutsy play. And I think Notre Dame – has something in him, being that he's only a true freshman, he's going to keep getting better. Tyler, Kyron Williams is now a member of the Los Angeles Rams, and I think going into the Blue Gold game scrimmage, we felt like that the running back room was very healthy, even with 
Kyron gone to the National Football League, and the expectation is sophomore-to-be Logan Diggs will be a big part of the running game in the fall. Well, we've hit a little bit of a speed bump. Diggs suffered an injury in the blue goal game that required surgery, and I would say it's up in the air whether he would be ready to go in September. What do you think this injury means for the Irish running game in September? Heck, let's say even in particular that first game against an outstanding Ohio State football team. The running back room is one of those position groups here at Notre Dame that really couldn't afford to have injuries like this, long-term injuries. Um, Torn labrum in the shoulder is actually an injury I've gone through, and let me tell you, the rehab isn't very fun. It feels like you lose pretty much all of the strength in that entire arm, and uh, I know these guys are on a different level. I was not a Division One college athlete, so there's more hope for Logan Diggs than what I had my senior year of high school, but I would say it's up in the air for sure, like you said, whether or not he's going to play in that season opener and uh, whether or not he's going to be at 100% any time in the month of September. So that said, uh, you're down to four scholarship running backs, and two of them are uh, true freshmen. One of them uh, is a guy that is not going to get on campus until June in Jabron Payne coming over uh, after he decommitted from Indiana. So uh, Chris Tyree better be fully healthy, which is something he was not during the spring. Uh, he only ran the ball a couple of times in that blue-gold game. Uh, I think that was a precautionary measure given that you know he battled uh, the ankle injury and he's, he's had a slew of injuries over the last, what, you know, eight months or so, ever since last season started. So uh, if, if that's the guy who's going to be the number one, and look, Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs, they were always vying to be that number one option. Well, this kind of gives Chris Tyree the upper hand, but only if he's healthy. So if he's not, Audrick Estime looks really good in the blue goal game. That's a guy whose uh, running style would lend itself to getting injured a lot, but his body type would say otherwise. I think he's a guy that could withstand some of those blows. So maybe we see Audrick Estime and Jadarian Price, the guys who all spring we were thinking – okay, that's your number three and number four option at running back. Maybe we see them slide up and, you know, to a, a possible 1A and then Jadarian Price being the number two in, in some situations, given how good he looked in the blue-gold yeah. game as well. So it's an interesting group. Uh, Logan Diggs, potentially the top guy. You take him out. Now all of a sudden you're looking at trying to split those carries amongst three or four guys. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, a guest on Sportsbeat AM here on WSBT Radio. An interesting spring at the wide receiver position, Tyler. Only five healthy wide receivers for Coach Stuckey to work with. Now you got some guys coming back like Avery Davis and Joe Wilkins. Tobias Merriweather, a true freshman, enters the fold in the summer. So the room gets a little deeper. But you look at the sophomore class this fall, Dion Colsey, Lorenzo Styles. we know those two. We saw them as freshmen last year. The one guy that's kind of under the radar entering the spring was Jaden Thomas, the other member of that wide receiver class. Tyler, I thought he showed us some good things in the blue goal game, including that end around. Do you feel like he's putting himself in position to at least be a contender for some playing time this fall? Yes, absolutely. I thought he was the best-looking wide receiver in three catches for 39 yards, somewhere in that range, which 
the numbers don't really pop out, but like I said, it was never going to be a game where a wide receiver necessarily goes off. But uh, just like um, I was talking about with Drew Pine, where he had 14 really good practices leading into that, I thought Jaden Thomas did as well. He's a pretty physically imposing wide receiver, and I think he could play all three of those positions, field, slot, boundary. Uh, He's probably going to fit in somewhere, you know, in the field probably, sharing reps with Braden Lindsay. And after the Fiesta Bowl, I know Braden Lindsay is going to be very appreciative of that after Lindsay played probably over 80 snaps, whatever it was. But uh, Jaden Thomas is a guy that you just look at him and you say, okay, he's got the physical tools. When is it all going to come together? When is he going to show those on the field? I think you started to see that leading into the Fiesta Bowl last year, even though he didn't really make an impact in that game. Definitely saw it this spring, and then you saw it in the blue-gold game. So you mentioned the end around. I think he's a guy where you could just get the football in his hands. It doesn't matter how. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, a 20-yard post down the middle of the field or a corner out, you know, deep down the field. Just get the ball in his hands near the line of scrimmage and let him do his thing. He's a pretty good athlete. Uh, I think he can shed some tackles and – uh, make some defenders look silly in some situations. So absolutely, he's the guy that's turning it on. And like you mentioned, you, you know, you outlined the wide receiver position there before asking that question. He's going to have to turn it on because uh, we don't know what Avery Davis and Joe Wilkins are going to be like once once they get healthy. Um, Deion Colsey and Lorenzo Styles, those are two guys who have all the upside in the world, but it's not necessarily going to manifest all the time. And I think you saw that in the blue goal game as well. So to have a guy like Thomas who, who looks like he's going to be more reliable as time goes on is going to be huge for that position group. Hmm. Tyler Horka, Blue and Gold Illustrated, my guest. Let's shift gears to Irish women's basketball for a second. You cover the Irish women's basketball program. A lot of players going into the transfer portal. You've got, I think, a really interesting guard coming in. Now the Irish are starting to add players from the transfer portal. So after the last couple of weeks, what are your thoughts now, Tyler, on this Irish basketball roster when you factor in now three players coming in from the transfer portal? I think it still really hurts that Maya Dotson is one of those handfuls of departures just because she was so important and uh, she's a two-way center that can do a lot of really good things on both ends of the floor. We saw that last year, but uh, Neil Ivy and company trying to offset that by bringing in a forward, Kylie Watson from Oregon state and, uh, you know, four year center in Lauren Ebo from Texas who started her career at Penn state. So Lauren Ebo started, I think it was 30 games for a Texas team that went to the elite eight last year. She's, you know, been in the trenches. She's been in the battles. That's the type, the type of, uh, post player that Notre Dame needs to kind of, keep the momentum from last year's Sweet 16 run going. Now, that said, uh, she's not a Dotson type, and neither is Kylie Watson. So those two in tandem, if this is all Notre Dame is going to have in the post, they're going to have to kind of work together to replicate at least some of those things that Dotson did last year. But you also bring in a you know transfer uh, from Stanford and Jenna Brown, who the hope is she comes off the bench and does some of those things that Notre Dame is going to be missing with uh, the departures of Abby Prohaska and Anaya Peoples. So she can't do that all on her own. And I think KK Bransford, the All-American uh, freshman that's coming in, the only signee from the class of 2022, uh, she could do a lot of those things. And she's not the, really the type of uh, player that Prohaska or Peoples are. She, she's a 
bona fide scorer. You know, if you look at the four uh, players that I just mentioned that are coming to Notre Dame uh, this summer, she's one that can really put the ball in the bucket, and uh, she's kind of fits the mold of some of these other guards that Neil Ivy has brought in in the last couple of years. You know, Sonia Citron, Olivia Miles, these are all really good all-American caliber players. You're going to see that from Brantford. She's going to provide something that, you know, this team didn't really have last year, potentially coming off the bench, and that's, you know, a really good score. So you look at it, you know, the, the Dotson, uh, Dotson leaving really hurts, but, man, this coaching staff has really tried to offset that, and I think it's going to be another really good uh, season with Notre Dame near the top of the ACC standing. Tyler, we've had a very, very busy month of April. We're now moving into May, and I know it sounds like, according to your colleague Mike Singer, it's going to be a very interesting month of May recruiting-wise. I know we got teased by a Dante Moore social media tweet coming last night, and he just listed all the schools that had offered him. So I think there is still a lot more good things to come this month at Blue and Gold Illustrated with Notre Dame football recruiting. And, heck, we are winding down the college baseball season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Go to blueandgold.com. Still only a dollar for a year's worth of premium access, message board access. Look, the message board is never going to slow down. It doesn't matter what time <laughs> of year it is. We don't need the uh, the regular season in the fall. We don't need spring football. It's always going to be there. So these next few months, uh, like you said, recruiting is kind of the bread and butter of a, a, a site like that. So there's going to be a lot of tidbits from Mike, and I know we're going to help and chip in with that. And like you said, the baseball season, uh, this is kind of a stretch run here, so it's going to be interesting to see what Link Jarrett can do. We've got that covered, um, you know, through however long that season lasts. And uh, I, I'm not sure if the Neil Ivy is done putting this roster together, too. We might see a few more names pop up uh, there. So we'll have women's basketball coverage, men's basketball coverage, and, and put a bow on the spring and look toward the summer and the fall for football. So blueandgold.com, if you are a Notre Dame fan, that is still the place to be $1 for one year's worth of access. It is the best deal in college uh, athletics media for sure. Tyler, great job as always. Thanks for doing this. A late night watching your Stanley Cup playoff <laughs> game with the Stars and the Flames. So I appreciate you getting up. And I hope when we talk again next Wednesday, your Stars and my Bruins are still somewhat alive in the postseason. Yeah, that's the hope. It's, uh, <laughs> for both of those teams, it didn't really get off to a hot start. But it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Let's keep rooting for them. All right, let's hope so. Tyler, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Dave. Thank you so much. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. It is nine minutes in front of 9 o'clock. We'll wrap up Sports Beat AM for this Wednesday next on 960 AM WSBT.